1: Visit RobertHalf today.
0: Yes, what is up everybody? Welcome to Bobby Coffee's favorite podcast. It's Soccer We <laughs> Truck. I'm Jimmy Trash Cream Cheese Godard, Conrad Conrad. <laughs> Alongside Charlie Chuckwagon, I think he's looking like Frankie Hadook and Alexi Lawless had a Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce in a fantastic wig. And today, fellas, on this Halloween, we are exactly three weeks away from playing in our first World Cup game in over eight years. That is wild. Now, I just want to remind everybody what was happening in 2014. That was the year that the Ice Bucket Challenge went down. Derek Jeter retired mm-hmm. from baseball. Vine was mm-hmm. still a thing. Uh, the debut of the Serial Podcast. Uh, Frozen came out, and everybody was singing Let It Go. I might still sing it every once in a while. Dr. Dre sold beats to Apple for $3 billion to become the richest band in hip-hop. And YouTube stars really went mainstream that year with main YouTuber PewDiePie raking in more than $4 million a year. Obviously, Mr. Beast is probably the guy now. And most of the players in our current national team were just starting their teenage years or were pre-teens dreaming of maybe playing in a World Cup one day. And now we are three weeks away. It doesn't feel real, Heath. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. on where we are? And we're so close to the finish line of us getting to play in a World Cup again.
1: Well, when you said uh, over eight years, I immediately was like, yeah, that can't be right. And then you just actually put it into context. And you're like, yeah, it's over eight years uh, because, you know, Qatar decided to move it to the winter and uh, the U.S. failed in 2018. So uh, it's been a long time. And uh, Jimmy was a rising YouTube star at that time. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, he was well on his way with uh, Kick TV to, to 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 growing uh, uh, the the subscriber base to over a million, which at the time was 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 pretty wild for it for a channel that wasn't just one uh, individual creator by itself. Jimmy, I wanted to reference that man because that's thank what, you very much. I, mean, I, I root, also want to
2: I w- also want to say shout out to Pete Frades from Boston College who kind of. Spread on the ice bucket challenge from a- for ALS. So shout out to um, Pete Frady's and rest in peace. I mean, what he's been able to do for, for the research of ALS has been incredible. So, yeah, I mean, and we're back, baby. It's Halloween. It's Monday. <laughs> and I'm vibing. Let's, let's get into this. And you know we got to touch on a number of things. Austin Trusty is one that I want to get into. Okay, we'll uh, get into into it. it We'll get into it.
0: But let's start with the scary stuff first because it is Halloween. And the scariest thing is that Weston McKinney is hurt. He is apparently going to be out for two weeks with a thigh injury that he suffered in the first half of Juventus' eventual 1-0 win over Lecce. A big win for them, obviously, to to kind of keep uh, Maxi Allegri in the job. Uh, Charlie, I'll throw it back to you. Your thoughts on, Mm. on Weston McKinney. And and what we do, because this actually might force our hand to go with a Gio Reyna centrally, because if McKinney's out, we got De La Torre out, mm-hmm. Malik Tillman. Do we do we trust Malik Tillman to start no. the first game against Wales? So no. why not go with a Gio Reyna or a Brendan Aronson uh, in that central spot? And and that will free up another opportunity to bring on, you know, start a team away who started this one. We'll get into all the players, but what are your thoughts on what's the McKinney, Charlie?
2: Yeah, it's un- It's unfortunate. I mean, this is a, a big part of our team. Uh, think about the set pieces and aerial duels and challenges. And in and, and factoring with him out in, in the starting eleven, it does provide an opportunity for Gio Reyna, who I think would would be the guy to play if he's healthy and fit, and you can depend on him. At, and we wouldn't know that until the first game. Yeah. But that's a great opportunity for for Gio Reyna to slide in centrally with Yunus Musa, which I'd love to see. Maybe Yunus Musa drops deeper more of an an eight now Mm -hmm. and reyna has that freedom which he talked about with us i love that free roll in him in the midfield he can go left he can float right he can be central create some mismatches and overloads on the left or the right with timo waya it's not the worst thing it's it's not great because he's weston McKinney, so important to this team but he will be back for the world cup but in terms of but first game what about in terms of that first game maybe it's Gio Reyna that starts that first game with Eunice Musa and, and Tyler Adams. So, you know, with an that's injury true. comes opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I think that's how all of us kind of break into the national team at some point, right? Somebody mm-hmm. drops off, somebody gets hurt, and we get our chance, and then we take it, and then it becomes ours for a little while until we get hurt and somebody takes our spot. That's just the way it goes. But, Heath, the certainties I think that we've had around this national team, we got death, we got taxes, we got MMA starting for us in the World Cup, and now one of the M's. Looking like he might not be as fit or sharp as we'd like him to be heading into this game three weeks from now. I still can't believe that in three weeks we'll be in the middle of the U.S. taking on Wales. That is, I still like trying to really wrap my head around that. But but, do you think that Giorena? Would you? What would you do ultimately at this point, knowing that you're going to get him back <sighs> with a week left to go? Can you round him into form into a form that is going to be competitive? Or do you bring him on as a super sub? We've seen him be a super sub before for us. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, It's an interesting Wait, are you, are you saying? Gregor. Are you saying
1: McKinney or Reina or, or, or in that context? McKinney. No, no, Reina did, okay.
0: yeah, yeah, didn't. Yeah, Reina didn't but speak again, but, I, but I've talk, let's no, talk McKinney I, specifically.
1: Yeah, McKinney, it's hard because it's about reps and minutes. I mean, obviously, if he's able to play, like like Charlie had said last week, uh, almost like he, he knew something we didn't, which was like, if you can do 45, you can do 60. We saw that with Bedoya go a little more than 60. Charlie just asked him, and he said that exact thing, and then Charlie used it as some sort of uh, – some sort of expertise of like, if you can do 45, you can do 60. Turns out Charlie just talks to Alejandro Bedoya on a regular basis. So it wasn't that uh, much of an expert opinion. Uh, Honestly, Charlie, you
2: didn't even talk about it.
1: Don't lie, dude. He came out right after that, you know? Like this, Charlie, this, knew, like, this you know, is weird a, this is a.
2: We know it's a fact. It's the captain yeah, of the team. If I put myself yeah, but, in his shoes, if I can play, I'm telling the coach, you start me and we see how long I can go. But I'm not coming off the bench in a playoff game to get to MLS Cup. You start me. And we we knew that's how, how Alejandro Bedoya's mentality was coming into this. He
1: was hobbling, though, when they did the trophy lift. Oh, so I'm wondering oh, if, he was. He's, if he's uh, banged up for the final. But um, yeah, we'll he, see. He's, he's got kind of, a week to figure it out. Final. But 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 with Weston McKinney, uh, you know, you hope that he can be on, on the field. But that's an opportunity. When you think about Gio Reyna, though, my my issue with that front three, and, and I want your guys' to take on this. Would you rather have Gio Reyna on the wing – or in the middle with regard to how we press, right? Because Charlie mentioned all the things of uh, going to find the ball in good spaces. But if we are going to come out against Wales and put them under pressure and try to press them in a way that I think has made us successful at times, where would you rather have him? Would you have Brendan Aronson on the field? Just in terms of Gio Reyna, great. When we have the ball drifting into spaces, creating overloads, all those kinds of things. But Gio Reyna is also not our best presser of the ball. Um, And if he can just be predictable, I don't care where he is, you know, in terms of like, if you know he's going to press when transition happens, because he does it at Dortmund, press the first ball right away, where does it help us most in our transition game? Because when I look at our team and our ability to beat anybody, the thing that's our most dangerous attack of all the things that I've seen is literally our our, our ability to win the ball in transition and do something quickly there versus break them down through passing or, or playing direct, or any of those things haven't. I haven't seen us consistently do that. I think our mm-hmm. best attack is our, is, is our, our defense in, in high areas.
2: I, I, I will just say that I think we're, we're superior to Wales. I think we will have more possession than Wales. And in, th- in those instances, that's where Gio Reyna is going to be a big asset to the U.S. men's national team in keeping possession and breaking them down. I think they're going to be more defensive than people are anticipating. We're a better side than Wales. We have better players than Wales. Gareth Bale is not Gareth Bale of 2015, 16, 17, 18. This is Gareth Bale who, who can't even play for LEFC because of injury, not because of anything else. He's just not healthy enough. So how can Wales rely on Gareth Bale for three matches in the World Cup? 90 minutes. It's not happening. No chance. So, so that's I mean, why I'm like,
1: get this feeling that Charlie's costume doesn't match his tone. Charlie, you should be <laughs> all right. <a> slower. <laughs> like, you need to be a lot yeah, more chill. Come right. I feel chill like you're really wound all up. Right. You're really wound yeah. up for a guy that looks like that.
2: Hey, all yeah. right. Well, you, you you tried to fire me up, and now I'm just gonna, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm gonna ride the go. wave. All right. I, I Fine. feel, I feel sure, like bro. maybe
0: if if he's trying to channel Frankie Hadyk, then maybe he's on a sixth espresso, uh, Heath. Uh, well, uh, what I find interesting is if if Arena is too, bro. The player, the player that steps in for us and gets plays that number ten spot, his responsibility against Wales to get specific will be to potentially sit. They play in a three-four-two-one, so so he's gonna have to figure out a way to sit on their the best playmaker out of that that, that who, next line of and four. And if that's right, Ampadu, that? Ethan Ampadu,
2: or he's or, not a playmaker.
0: Right, right. I don't, I so don't care be, what
2: to do. He's not a playmaker.
0: No, they got a bunch of guys that are gonna work. They're gonna fight, and they're gonna make it difficult. And that's what we're gonna have to fight through. And when we played Japan and Saudi Arabia, just to use our most two recent examples, we did struggle with teams that had a lot of players in that, that, that channel of the field, in the middle channel, in the middle block. And, and so I, I, I don't mind Geo there, but, but that means Musa is going to have to drop a little bit deeper. And and it's interesting that that could be something that could unlock our offense. Cause this is something we've been asking for for a while, where can we get more of our better attacking players on the field with all due respect mm-hmm. to Weston McKinney or, or units Musa, the guys Gio Reyna, Team Way, I think, is going to start on the right. He had 70 minutes in his first start of the season against Lyon uh, this weekend. They ended up losing 1-0, but um, nothing that he could have done about that particular goal. But I think he's going to start. I think Christian's on the other side, and then it looks like I would say Pepe at this point is probably yes, going to be our starter agreed. Sargent still. He Sergeant didn't play this weekend for, for Norwich. His coach at Norwich, Josh Sargent. Dean didn't, Smith, dress. The coach didn't, didn't dress. didn't dress. He didn't dress. Basically, Dean Smith, the coach of Norwich, said, we know that he's trying to get on the World Cup team. We're trying to be essentially trying to be thoughtful. I'm paraphrasing now, but just trying to be thoughtful about this aspiration for him. And so that's that's an interesting. And, and I, I'm glad that Dean Smith is is taking so that. He must have
1: been beat up. He must start. have been been like, obviously, they 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 need him. But they, he must have been beat up a little bit then. I'm assuming like some sort of little knock that he's nursing. Right, uh, right, right. He's so you would never just question. like undress your player. That sounds weird. You would never yeah. not dress your, your, you, your you, you would never, yeah, yeah. you would never,
0: would
2: never you would never, you would never not dress your player.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so, so true also, but yeah, I guess, I guess the big question. And then if, if we don't trust Bro. Tillman to be the guy, which it sounds like we don't, then, then it's either Brendan Aronson or, or Gio Reyna in that spot for me, those are the two options. I kind of like Brendan Aronson as a super sub. I know that, uh, but, but, I do also, he does He does fit that. And, and Gio's been coming off the bench for Dortmund, as he did this past weekend for 29 minutes in Dortmund's 2-1 win over Eintracht in Frankfurt, pretty big win for them. So he has been doing both roles. He's doing a little bit of starting. He's doing a little bit of coming off the bench, still trying to make an impact on either side. So I think either one of those guys can be comfortable, but I guess maybe it does come down to the pressing. What do you want from that spot? Aronson's going to give you a different type of energy and and pressing than Gio will but Gio maybe that little bit of that quality where he can do and bring more players into the game than maybe Brendan can I, I don't know uh, Charlie come to you if if right now if you had a choice say McKenney's out not ready to go for Wales do you go with Rainer or do you go with Brendan Aronson centrally he's the number 10
2: I'm going with the dude who's the most, <laughs> Here we <go>. most gifted <laughs> on the ball so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gio as long as he can like <laughs> stay healthy and all like I don't see anything wrong with Geo, just like getting on the ball and dictating the tempo and stuff. So for me, it's like better having Aronson come in like as a super sub, like you, you kind of insinuate can. can you
0: switch characters 12 minutes in? I don't know if you well, can. Well, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. For the viewers like, they get it, for the listeners, now. they are freaked out right now. You know? <laughs> well, the listeners have no idea. Yeah,
2: well, they Why's don't know Carly they don't know the vibes here. Charlie's
0: Charlie's taking edibles mid mid-podcast. Hey, hey I'm just saying,
2: man. <laughs> like, free the people. I'ma say that uh really dude. He took
0: the he took the yellow pill with a smiley face on it. Dude, All right, I'm right. just saying, you, <laughs> you gotta go idea. with
2: Reina. All right, dude.
0: Keith, how about you? Who who do you go with? Or and, and give me two, I guess two answers. Who do you who do you go with, and then who would Greg? You think Greg will go with in this instance, if if, if Wesson's not available.
1: I, I just have trouble uh, thinking about game one, uh, not having Brendan Aronson as a starter on your team in terms of the way you want to press. Take Brendan Aronson off after 60 if the game settles in and he's not being effective and the teams press. I, I just find it hard to not have him on the field, which makes it a, a tough one because I think we need I need think we need team away. We've seen that we've been missing him when he's not on. Uh, and then it, it comes down to Brendan Aronson or, or Giorena. I think they start. See, this is where I'm stuck. Uh, but I just don't see a world in which Brendan Aronson is not starting in game one, maybe game two. Um, but I guess you go Giorena at the ten spot. I like Giorena floating in there. I like him much more than being out on the wing because if we can't get him the ball in good spots, we've seen when he's in when he gets the ball in good spots how he's one of, he's one of our best, if not our best, at attacking. Maybe Christian Pulisic on his day is better. Uh, at combination play, but Giorena helps to connect those lines better than I think anybody else is. And I don't want Brendan Aronson really at the 10. I don't think he's I don't think he's effective enough over long periods at the 10 yet to, 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 to warrant that as a starting position over Giorena.
0: Well, just to remind everybody in our game against Morocco, now I do take into consideration Morocco flew over to the United States 48 hours before kickoff and probably looked a little jet-lagged. Uh, but we beat them 3-0. Our starting lineup for that one up top was Jesus Ferrer at the nine, Timo Way on one side, Pulisic on the other, Brendan Aronson in the midfield with Tyler Adams and Eunice Musa. We win that one 3-0, and, and Aronson had a good game and looking for that combination play. That's, I just want to throw that out there because we have at least that, that historical reference of, of these guys playing together in this situation and it turning into a positive result for us. So something to keep in mind.
2: Well, I, I would ahead. say uh, when you saw Brent aronson play against liverpool what what was your your thought as far as how he's he was kind of getting involved in the spots where he felt he was making a difference because it wasn't central it was more coming in on the the wings and mm-hmm. finding those spots and one thing I, I am so proud and excited about is tyler adams and his progression because the man was an absolute beast against the very best in in liverpool i mean are you kidding me with his performance in that match? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was like epic. It was like far out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so before we move on to the Leeds boys, including Jesse Marsh, let's just want to say that Weston McKinney now joins an injured list on the scary side of things with Serginho Dest, who's still out for AC Milan. Matt Turner, who's still nursing a growing injury. De La Torre is going to be a World Cup. I'm curious to see what, what Greg does with him because he probably won't be ready uh until like kickoff he's I think he's still three weeks out and then Josh Sargent of course uh nursing a calf injury I think he'll be ready to go it's just a matter of precautionary but still obviously on the injured list currently at the moment so something to keep in mind all right let's pivot now to Leeds and then beating Liverpool at Anfield for the first time in 21 years which I think gave uh Jesse Marsh a little bit of a longer leash especially with their fans I think the board and the players obviously seem like They're behind him. The board already came out and said they got his back. That sometimes can be the kiss of death. The players put out a performance that clearly had their managers back and and, uh, such a big win and big thrill for those guys to do that. And to your point, Charlie, Tyler Adams was immense. Jesse Marsh came out after the game and said every time that he has played for Leeds, he's one of our best players. And I think this was another example of that. And his progression continues to impress. And now I'm not surprised, nor was I surprised, that Manchester United have come out and expressed interest and potentially signing him moving forward. He's just he's just got the goods. He he does the work, he covers the ground, he's a good leader. I would say in some ways, he he's a bit like Jude Bellingham in terms of his his presence on the field. They're not like for like players, of course. I think Jude Bellingham's obviously a little bit better going forward, but but there's something about how they carry themselves and that they've got this winning mentality, and I think that permeates to everybody around them. Expects and has that expectation
1: that everybody else's game is going to raise too. What, what say you on that? I mean, we've all been on, it, it, it goes back to that classic of like starting the game, winning the first challenge, win, winning the first 50-50. When you have somebody like that and, and you've been around it, sometimes we've all started slow. When you have somebody that can get the team going, that creates that energy around you, I do think that's infectious on a good day and on a bad day to like write, writing things, having that type of energy. And that's typically been uh, your your, I mean, Charlie was an example of a high energy guy that could get you into the games as well. But generally you have your six Right. Who's who's that one that's willing to chase cover ground, put in the big tackle, the challenge early and sort of be that central part of 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 11 players in that in that middle part of the field. And so he he really fits that bill of somebody that can make players around them better, not just in his in his passing or willingness to do the work, but that energy around you that makes you believe or get your sort of self going into a match. And I think, again, when I think about him on the national team. We've always placed him as, as sort of maybe not the number one in our roster because of his quality, but because he's irreplaceable for a number of things, right? Uh, one, we don't have another six. Two, just his ability to cover ground and have that sort of energy that the team needs. And you look throughout our national teams in the past, and we've always had somebody that can be that energy that lifts the team around them um, that stands out, whether you're a fan watching or whether you're on the field with him.
0: Okay, so Charlie here here's my I just want to add this wrinkle to your answer about Tyler Adams and your thought about him in particular. Do you feel like because it's obviously being proven with Leeds and with when he was with RB Leipzig as well, that there's a high pressing situation which I think plays to Tyler's strengths. But at some point in in each game, even if it's Iran, even if it's Wales, we know we're going to suffer a little bit against England, they're going to have more of a possession or that's how it, it feels like it's going to play out on paper. Do you feel like he has the discipline? And I know that he does, but I just want to just in terms of having it where because he just has to stay home. Sometimes we just need him to stay home in front of mm-hmm. our back four because if he gets out too wide, that's going to create gaps because he's just trying to make plays. This is all good intentions in how he plays and what he's trying to do. But I wonder what we look like because at some point I want us to have that fluidity in our team shape where, okay, we can't press right now. How comfortable are we with being uncomfortable and and not having the ball and, and Tyler being the one dictating everything? I just I'm want to throw see, that in there.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I would say, have, have you seen the U.S. be, be disciplined <laughs> and, and, and staying home? Because I, I haven't. Uh, for Tyler Adams, we're, we're accustomed to seeing him cover for Segino Dest, Antti Robinson, and having to get out there because those players are out of position. I think in the World Cup, Greg has to hammer home to Dest and Anthony Robinson in particular that they need to stay at home and defend at times and be a little bit more defensive-minded instead of I know they love to get forward, I know they provide the width, but now I want you to sit a little bit more and allow team away and Pulisic to to keep the width for the team and give them their space. Don't clap, don't clog it up on those wide areas. And that's where Tyler Adams can be more disciplined and stay more central but as as those outside backs keep getting up and down and up and down that's when he has to cover and he's an absolute beast he reminds me more of a Angolo Conte, Claude Makélélé that that's where Tyler Adams fits best because those players can cover so much ground and get it off their feet quickly and 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 more effort the, the less effort they have to play in terms of getting on the ball and, and building out of the back Tyler has that in his locker sometimes i think he relies on it a little too much of being a pure low when less is more, win the ball, mm-hmm. get it off your foot and, and allow Gio a Christian, if you can play through the lines quicker, that's when you can hit him in those transition moments. So Tyler is, is the most important player for this team. That, that's not for that For me, that's not even a question just because of how much he does for the group, winning the challenges, being the the leader and the role model for, for performances, but also off the field. He just has that. He carries that, mm-hmm. that I, I don't know, persona with him that everyone goes, all right, he's our guy. We're going to follow him through this, into this battle.
0: I I, I think it's almost, a criminal seems pretty dramatic, but it it feels, there's no other choice for being captain of the U.S. Men's National Team. Like, it's just Tyler Adams. Now, you don't need a thin piece of cloth around your arm to be a captain, but I would like him to be the captain throughout the World Cup. That's my vote for that. Now, I love the points that you make about how he's got to cover for Anthony Robbins or Junior Desch, Charlie. I think that's spot on. I worry about deaths, right? Because we're tick, 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 getting closer and closer. Uh, but and closer. it's also well, strategic played, he, risk, Jimmy. Mean,
2: it's strategic he 45 risk. forty-five minutes know? yesterday. He played forty-five minutes yesterday. Sergino. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. But but I just want to make sure he's sharp the whole. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you,
1: you also, as the as the resident fullback here, there is some strategic risk at times to knowing that you have some cover, right? Knowing that you want to be. If you play neutral all the time, it's really hard to beat anybody. But when right, you right. have your moments, like Charlie had said, pick and choose your moments and, and staying back defensively. If you do see that there's a weakness on a certain side and you want to cheat up for it a little bit, knowing that you have a, a Tyler Adams, instead of getting, uh, whether that's Cameron Carter Vickers or Aaron Long or Walker Zimmerman pulled out to the sidelines, which is the worst place that we want them, or pulled into the midfield is the worst place we want them, having somebody like that that can come out and put out a fire from time to time is really crucial two, three times in a match, you know, when you are exposed or there's a bad turnover because you can be in good spots, high and wide, but if there's a bad turnover, you need somebody that can be able to track, track back and put out those fires. No, yeah, no, that's
0: a, that's a good point. And uh, it was nice to see Sergino Des come off the bench against Torino. They needed, they needed something that he brings. And I'm glad that Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, trusts him in that capacity. I think that's obviously very important. I just, I just, he just hasn't had a lot of minutes over the last, let's say, five or six months, and, and I hope that he can find that, especially as we get we get closer. Now, let's talk about, um, well, there's a whole bunch of players we can talk about. I, I, I wonder, with regard to Mark McKenzie, I'm mm. going to throw it here, because we had Mark McKenzie and Eric Palmer Brown. I know they're battling for maybe that third or fourth spot uh, at, at center back potentially maybe even second How, based on how Greg is looking at this. We can throw Austin Trusty in this too as well, Charlie, because I know you want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. McKenzie, 90 minutes uh, starting again for Gank in their 3-1 win. They're top of the table. It's their eighth straight win. That, I think, has to be taken into consideration. Eric Palmer Brown just played against uh, Paris Saint-Germain, against Messi, Mbappé, and Neymar. There's only so much you can do. I thought it was a good opportunity. He didn't play poorly, but I thought it was a good opportunity for him to say, hey, I shut those guys down. They were my back pocket. They were up 2-1, toi." And then, of course, uh, Messi doing messy things. The guy's unreal right now, and and they come back and storm back and score a couple goals, and they win four to two. So Twa loses, and I think maybe Eric Palmer Brown loses his opportunity as well. But Austin Trusty, Charlie, let's let's talk about him. Scored again this weekend for Birmingham
2: City. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: do you think he's got an outside chance? Because I feel like Tim Ream is the guy we're going to bring back in, and Austin Trusty just might have to sit it out until 2026.
2: Yeah, I think Tim Ream is definitely ahead of Austin Trusty. Tim Ream's playing every match in the premier league and, and a, a Fulham team that's getting results. So if you have the captain of a, of a premier league team, who's playing every week and our has already been in the system and Greg feels comfortable with them and knows that he's only going to add value, whether it's off the field with experience and managing guys and talking to him, or in, in, in this case, being on the pitch and playing alongside Walker Zimmerman, because he, you finally have a left a, le- a center back with a left foot playing on the left center back position. So I know Austin Trusty can play there, but he's not great with his feet. That's the, that's the knock on Austin Trusty is building out of the back. Good with his feet touches. When you talk about challenging and aerial duels and set pieces and being someone who can obviously take advantage of offensive set pieces. That's Austin trustee. But in terms of what Greg wants to do, center backs confident on the ball. He, he's not there yet. Now he's making, I think huge strides playing every week. I think the counter to that
0: is, well, he throws Aaron long out there who we could argue have the same or when he's at his peak right now, for
2: sure. Right. But I think that's what is keeping him from being in this conversation with, with Greg Berhalter. You know, it's great that he's playing. He's, he's, I think he's been one of the best uh, defensive players in the championship this season. So he's, he's making performances and he's doing it well, but in Greg Berhalter's mind, there's a lot of guys uh, ahead of Austin trustee. I mean, definitely Tim Ream. Uh, I'd say Eric Palmer Brown's ahead of him. I'd say Mark McKenzie for sure is ahead of him. So in the depth chart, probably just misses.
0: So, so then Heath, who are your four center backs? Are you leaving Aaron long out? You got Tim Ream in like, where, no. where are you now? We're where I mean, really close. We're eight days I'm bringing, or nine days away from I'm the bringing roster.
1: More, I, I'm bringing more than four. You're bringing
0: five. I'm bringing five.
2: Who's your five? Uh,
0: you give us your updated five.
1: I'm gonna go with um and who's starting for you against Wales? No, dude, you got, now you're, I'm, now I'm you're asking, just being a jerk. Now you're just being a jerk. I'm guy I'll hey like, th- I'm
2: not afraid who's to your... draw out mine. Cameron okay, Carter you... Vickers is starting alongside Zimmerman for that first game against Wales.
0: Mm. Well, you might have to because Kiefer mm. Moore, by the way, just the guy's an absolute monster, like six five for Wales. Just scored two goals against Tottenham this past weekend for Bournemouth. And he is looking like he's in good form. He also scored against Belgium in one of their last national team games. I'm just throwing that out there. So Cameron Carter-Vickers could be a, a good straight up matchup for him.
1: Go ahead, Heath, uh, sorry. Chris Richards, I don't think he's going. Yeah, um, he's out. Yeah, he's out. Uh, he's out. I think you're going to see Tim Ream. I think it's just a logical thing that it's the worst case scenario that happened for Greg that he thought he had some other looks. Then you've had now two injuries that would have replaced that. But now you're looking at it as actual strength of somebody just that's around. Now, whether Tim Ream plays or not, uh, is going to depend on the style of play. Now, if we're not going to be a high pressing team, then I think Tim Ream starts next to Walker Zimmerman in the first game. If we're going to be a high pressing team, I think I Indeed. think it is.
2: I think it is. We're playing what? Wales. Who starts? Who's starting center back? <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Don't give me the if this, if
1: that. If <laughs> I, I, then who is? Uh, but you know that's what it is. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Tim Ream and
2: Walker Zimmerman are starting at center back. So so we're not pressing high against Wales.
1: I think you still
0: do. I think you can find that that sweet spot. What one thing I don't know I actually what we're can, doing. I don't I, know agree what we're with doing. Heath. I agree what, with you. Like,
2: I agree with you. I would You think, think Reem starting? He's a starter.
0: He, yeah, I do. And and okay. one of the biggest reasons I don't is think you're going with Cameron
2: Carter-Vickers.
1: And I don't, I don't think. And, and then By the way, my my five are, are those Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, Walker Zimmerman, um, um, Tim Reem. Um, wait, who am I missing here? You know, uh, he's uh, Aaron, oh Aaron Long. Aaron Long's you, going. Aaron and and then it's going to come down to Eric Palmer Brown or 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 uh, Mark I think McKenzie. Take McKenzie. And right now I think I think McKenzie has the edge because yes. again Mark McKenzie was just playing I don't think I don't think that cha- moves the needle enough but his team is winning and I think that we always see a different version of a player when their team is winning they're getting good results and and they have that level of confidence right that 5 to 7% of like speed of play that belief that you can make the big play that simplification of your game when you have to like those types of things in form, especially when your team is doing well. I think for Greg too, playing uh, the team's success, I think is an important part for him as well. So those are the five that I have. I don't think we're going to take four because I don't think we have the freedom to take four. I think think this is the one place where it's like, stack up because I don't think Greg is looking at it going like I've got the perfect answer
2: but I think Tim Ream starts in the first game all right give me your give me your resident center back give me your five and give me your starters
0: I'm minded the same as Heath and I got Tim Ream and Zimmerman as well I think that the relationship that Tim has given his sharpness with sorry let me say this his relationship with Anthony Robinson I think is important Mm -hmm. that he's doing it week in and week out at a high level under a ton of pressure high pressure situations they know how each other move when the ball is in certain areas of the field, that's very hard to replicate through a couple trainings or or a friendly game with the national team. So is so that I think,
2: you're starting is that you're starting to for each game then you think I'm just starts, saying against Wales against Wales. You think I got he changes I, against England? Because in my mind, potentially, you would go you'd stick with that partnership, right? You I, well, you that could chemistry.
0: It, well, and also they also Robinson and Ream in particular face off against a lot of the English national team players. Yes. So, so I think there's some value there. Um, my, my concern with Cameron Carter Vickers, and we didn't really talk about it last week because we had Gio Reina on shout out to him for coming back, uh, coming on the show was against Shakhtar Donetsk in the champions league or Europa league, no champions league Celtic. Uh, they, that, that's when Shakhtar had that crazy miss, right? The yes. guy missed a sitter from no time. Cameron Carter Vickers takes a huge risk to try to tackle mudrick in the middle of the fields and he misses and that leads to what should have been a goal. And, and I don't know if it got talked about enough, but that scares me that that's the decision he was going to make in that moment where that could completely cost your team. Now, obviously Celtic are chasing the game, you know, whatever they're trying. That was one, that was one, one at that point, they're obviously (laughs) trying to win at home and all that stuff. But, but that, that decision-making in that moment, that that scared me a little bit about CCV, and and obviously we can't make those mistakes. That's why we got centers. five
1: guys going because all those guys right, right, right. in the last camp made those same mistakes. I agree. I agree. Team. Uh,
0: so, so that's what I would go with. I think that the the relationship there would be good. I think that uh, obviously Tim's experience, his passing of the ball also helps. He's going to be the best passer that we have. I would have Zimmerman happen. on the right and the desk on, on on the outside back. You got Tyler Adams in front. And about that's to rip a, his wig off. That's a pretty that's good, that's a good, that's game. a pretty good five. Listen, I I'm a
2: CC man. How we Listen. went from this guy was no, no longer in the pool. I get it. To all of a sudden he's now starting.
0: Dude, the guy's playing the best right. of his career. And, and not even the best of his career. I just say the most consistent
1: in his career. He's now, just who I trust the most. I don't care about anything other than the trust coming into the World Cup.
2: Not Austin Trust. <laughs> I will say I'm talking this, about
1: trust.
0: <laughs> I I, like, I
1: did watch, watch.
0: I watched the Everton game. The Fulham Everton, Like I sat down, put my phone down, put the laptop down, stopped paying attention to the kids. I'm like, I'm going to watch Tim Ream for 45 minutes here and just watch him, watch Anthony. Anthony ended up being man of the match for Fulham in that game and the 0-0 draw against Everton, so that was cool for him. I thought he did a lot on both sides of the ball. I think his discipline defensively is getting a lot better under manager Marco Silva. But there was one play that stood out for me that gave me some some pause for for Tim Ream. Dominic Calvert-Lewin did an excellent job and Everton did an excellent job of kind of finding that space in behind Tim Ream. And this is early in the first half. And Tim is now trying to scramble to get back into the play. Dominic, they're now in the box. Calvert-Lewin does a little shimmy completely. I mean, Tim Ream's out of like tackles or tries to slide tackle misses. And now Calvert-Lewin is in coming into goal. Now nothing comes out of it, but that's another instance, just similar to what I said with Cameron Cameron Carter-Vickers where, all right, you know, they're, they're, this is what concerns me. If we're gonna play a high line, Charlie, then then that's and gonna lead to play. more teams looking play. to that.
2: He but, cannot play.
0: But listen, if Wales is gonna throw key for more up there, I know he's gonna run the channels, but I think that's a that's a guy that Reem can anticipate and keep that spacing good. But if they run a Dan James up high or a Gareth Bale up high. Then, then I think that we could get exposed for the lack of speed if we're playing uh, a high line. And I don't think Barrett that we will. has changed.
1: not ran over the top in But he can, years. dude. But he can. I know.
2: But he, he, know, he, but he, he stays checking. The World Cup. They haven't been in he the World stays Cup for eight in the years. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I stay checking. He <laughs> stays checking, okay? He stays checking. Go ahead, now, Charlie. You get see, that JB Davies here. out of here with that Team Ream. I'm telling you, Tim Ream's going to the World Cup. Yeah, he's going. But starting, I don't think he starts that first game. You 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 put in Cameron Carter-Vickers, you play high. They don't have too many threats in terms of speed. I mean Gareth Bale, but you can't rely on him because you, you he's can run Dan James. Week.
0: Dan James can run, dude. Yeah. But
2: but he can be Tower running Adams out could of put midfield. him in the back pocket. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I hope we'll, that happens. Recovery speed. Okay. Against England, you sit back. You 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 drop deep, you start with a low block. Tim Ream is gold with low block. No space in behind. You're not having him cover on the sidelines. That's fine. That's, that's fine. where you sit him. You go. Okay, we'll play Tim Ream, and then look, we got a center back who can play on the counter, who can play through the lines. That's when you you have Tim Ream. That's that. In my opinion, if you're gonna do it, you do it that way.
0: Okay, that's fair. Hmm. I'm cool with that. Stop playing with my heart. I'm not. I'm not gonna play there. You know what? We are gonna do though. We're gonna take our first and only break in soccer. We trust. Getting
2: heated in here.
0: Woo! And we no, will return. Child. The guy that's supposed to be super chill will hopefully be super chill right after this obviously we have a whole bunch of stuff to continue to get into with our player pool and mls cup final now has two adversaries that's two number one seeds are in the mls cup final first time that's happened wow. in 2003 we'll break wow. that down lafc taking on the philadelphia union so do not go anywhere everybody we'll be right back welcome back to it's soccer we trust i'm jim or is that these what these these guys like to call me uh, i'm here with chuck and hollywood and hey, we are all excited, the
2: YouTubers. all the YouTubers out there. you all on my side. I love y'all. <laughs> you guys see the game. Let's go. All right. Why Why am I suddenly attracted <laughs> to Charlie, says
0: Dan. <laughs> uh, this is oh, looking you know. good. Mm. If you can't see this, you're just listening right now, come over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe while you're there, and take a look at what Charlie is wearing. Very, very uh, attractive. Sailor Moon Heath Pierce looking good with his wig. For those that can't see me, I got the Spartan Spirit. I'm wearing the Will Ferrell outfit. He wore for the Spartan cheerleaders and SNL. So a little throwback to that. I will post a routine that I did with my pal at a Halloween party this past weekend. Can uh I can't I can't dance. Me, though?
2: Like, I got, what? I, I'm not energy. Energy. What? No cheers, no energy. Like you got you, you're a cheerleader and you've given us nothing. Well, well, because I, I'm Jeez, I'm I'm getting upset. Feel disrespected a little All more?
0: right, here mm. we go. Mm. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely disrespected. Okay, so let me just talk uh, about the rest of the player pool. And then Heath, I'll come to you on and any players that maybe stand out for you. Joe Scalley, 90 minutes in a 2-1 loss to Union Berlin, who ended up scoring late, like the 97th minute to stay on top of the Bundesliga. Anthony Robinson, he said man of the match. Giorena, 29 minutes as a sub. Uh, Pulisic started two games this week, 2-1 win versus Salzburg, an assist to Havertz. Havertz had a lot of work to do, but uh, still had to create that space to make it happen. He had 79 minutes. This past weekend against Brighton, Graham Potter's returned to his former club and they got slapped around 4-1 by Brighton. Well played to Roberto DeCherby for getting his first win as Brighton coach. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, 90 minutes, 0-0 draw. Uh, who else did I miss? Sean Johnson, 90 minutes in goal, and 3-1 loss to Philly. Horvath, 90 minutes and a 1-1 draw versus Sunderland. We had Zach Steffen, 2-1 loss to Preston North End. Both goals on set pieces. Players in front of him couldn't really clear it, and uh, he's trying to react. Couldn't get to either one of them. The one that I really want to, well, at least for me, maybe focus on Jordy pfock who played for 60 minutes against uh, uh, Munchen Gladbach and for Union Berlin. He's got eight games now without a goal. And against Gladbach, 59 minutes, 10 touches, no shots. Uh, against Braga in the Europa League, 63 minutes, eight touches, one shot. He just has slowed down a little bit. And I want to know, I guess, you can talk about any of those players, but I do want some thoughts on Jordy P. and and I, I want to bring him. He should be on the team for a whole bunch of different reasons because he gives us a different look than the other guys. But, but he was never going to be a starter for us, or at least in my humble opinion, unless it really made sense to make that happen. But, but uh, that drop in form, not really the best
1: timing for that. It's not. I mean, I still think that he provides something different. And we have the luxury of 26 players. And so I think it would be foolish to not bring him in the case that you get that little uh, butterfly in your stomach that just tells you to go and put him on the field and see what he can do. Or something clearly presents itself in terms of how he can be. If you wanted to throw two players up top for a t- final 10 minutes instead of you know, taking one, taking Ricardo Pepe off and, and putting him in, what if you had them in together? What if you switched to something like that? I think he just provides mm-hmm. something different, even even not having that level of of form. He's proven he can score. Yes, we know he's missed big chance for the U.S. men's national team before. We know that kind of stuff. But he's one that just makes too much sense for me. The other one that I, I I'm I'm liking more and more is Joe Scally continuing to get really crucial minutes, uh, just in terms of his ability to make. The roster. Now, whether or not he's ready, we saw that he in, in, in the in some of the minutes that he did play in the last camp, he looked more comfortable. Obviously, circumstances were different. He was getting the ball higher up the field and things like that. Um, but that's another one that I think continues to be so, so whose you know, spot is he a, taking? If Joe Scali comes in, who was it? Reggie Cannon, DeAndre Yedlin, like who's he spot? Or are you taking all of those guys? I think I think you can have him as a I mean, that's a good question. I think Reggie Cannon. Um, but but you still have it gives you depth and cover instead of a Sam Vines with Sergino Dest and him it gives you just a, a, a more a, a bigger comfort on that left hand side if you need it sure. uh based on circumstance right if you don't want to say changes in your dest you could have him cover there if you don't if you do then you have some some depth or cover if DeAndre Yellen's going to start i think he's de- I think he's the furthest in in the depth chart for left and right back but i think that versatility allows you to say okay at least we have two backup options at left back um and now we have two backup options at right back if we needed it, if you needed to start to shuffle those players around.
0: Okay. Resident number nine, Charlie Davies, Frankie Haduk, look alike. Totally peaceful, man. What's so? What's going on with you, Jordy P. Fox? Any thoughts on any of the players I discussed? Ricardo Peppi didn't score. I'm a little disappointed. He didn't do anything. <laughs> not that he didn't do anything. He's obviously putting in the work, and not, I'm happy he's getting 90 minutes as opposed to sitting on the bench at Augsburg. But uh, give us your and thoughts. he
1: stays on for 90, even when they're not yeah. winning. They sub out Florian Kruger and they leave him on the field, which means he's like earned this uh, this right to what stay I'm on the field, dude.
2: Um, you know what I'm saying? saying I'm just going to, re- I mean, he's back. He's back. Yeah. He's back. Well, he's I've back. been vibing and you know, what? I think I'm just going to go with my guy up top right now is uh, Ricardo Pepe just because he's like, he's in the zone, man. And when you're in the zone, you're riding the wave. <laughs> so P folk I think has to go because just in terms of changing the system, because he cannot play by himself. That is a fact. High pressing, running in behind. He can't do it by himself. That's not his game. He needs someone around him. And when you change a system for whatever it can be, then that's when you're playing with two strikers. So I think you need to bring him in just because his profile is so so different. Bring him in. Mm -hmm. Pepe's playing. He's getting better. And he's improving on all areas of his game. The guy's in form. He's confident again. We've seen what he can do with the U.S. Men's National Team and World Cup qualifying. He's going. Jesus Ferreira has always been Greg's guy because, you know, even before World Cup qualifying, there were those moments where he said, I believe in Jesus, he's doing really well. He went through a a long slump, got back into the game, and then he got confident. But he's not playing as a 9 with Dallas. He drops too deep. He's playing as a 10. He's playing as a withdrawn striker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's not what this U.S. national team needs from Jesus Ferreira. He needs to be high up the field. He needs to be playing off the center back shoulders, occupying two if not one. He's not doing that right now. And he hasn't done it with FC Dallas for for the past month or so, two months, and he's out of uh, now out of form because now he's just training. So I think for me, Ricardo Pepe is your starting striker. Come Wales, Jesus Jesus Ferreira is a good option to have when you know you need somebody to drop in between the lines to create some more space, try and pull a center back out of out of that area, and then you have your wingers running in behind. But for me, that's that's how we're going. And then Josh Sargent is if he's fit. You you can bring him in if you want to bring four strikers, but I think right now it's Pepe, Ferrera, folk okay. Sergeant's your fourth. If you if Greg decides to bring four or he sticks with three and wants to add that other player to to a midfielder or 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 uh, a center back, whatever that may be, because we know Tyler Adams, he's not moving. He's playing ninety minutes. Eunice Musa, he's playing ninety minutes. Now McKinney out, you bring Giorena. I don't know if Gio Reyna could play three games, 90 minutes. I, I, I would bet against that. So that's where Brendan Aronson can come in. Christian, you expect him to play three games, start. Does he play 90 minutes? That's up for debate. And then Timo Weah probably can't play 90 minutes for three games. So now you start figuring out who are the guys I'm going to be subbing and when. And um, I think from that standpoint, you got you have a solid foundation.
0: We uh we need to rename this podcast the Char- Coach Charlie Podcast. That was yeah, hey, really so good. He, I'm
2: just here. I'm just here to support you. You <laughs> know what I'm
1: saying? It was very good. Unfortunately, it's unfortunately it's too long to post on any social media because You went over the limit. You know what I mean? Oh, me did, I I did. I wait,
2: over wait, no. Even with like the new, you know, one? yeah. Like, you really, already you already speak, speak.
1: You're already speaking in 0. 0.25 speed. So you got to say less words, man. My bad. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! All
2: right, my bad. No,
0: no, it was great. It's great insight, and I want more Coach Charlie. Like, oh, <laughs> <heat it up." laughs> you know, uh, so so uh, let's talk then about the MLS playoffs. Playoffs. We had MLS conference finals happening. The final four. If I remember correctly, I had LAFC and Philly in the final. So I'm feeling great about myself. So did myself. I. So okay. Did I. So did he. So he's feeling great about himself. I don't think Charlie did though. It's unlucky for you, Charlie. But before
2: we get into that, I want to go Dude, what? I, I had LAFC winning, what? bro. I'm still in it. You're still in it, but you didn't have yeah. the finalists. That's all. Are you I'll going say. to LA for the final?
1: I'm going to be there. I'm going to make it. Oh, no Charlie! It. You're not still in it. I, yeah, I'm going to. I'm. Are you going to go, I'm Charlie? Here.
2: Yeah, we're all going to be yeah. on the same place. <laughs> oh no. I don't believe it. Let's go, bro. bro, bro, I'm like two of
1: But Charlie, I've got right. some bad news. You're not in it still because I had LAFC and Philly in the final. Oh,
2: yeah. And LAFC uh, and, winning.
1: And LAFC the win it. Yeah, Sorry, so bro. I'm
2: out. All right, cool. <laughs> all right. You're out. <laughs> you can coming. still come, though.
1: I still want They're you to come to the game. Yeah. We're, all like, gonna, thanks, we're all going to be there. bro. We'll have to Whoa.
2: take a
0: photo Whoa. to memorialize it, you know? Yeah. Anyway.
2: Appreciate like you, though. <laughs> 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 all, right. All, right, all right.
0: As we get into this MLS Cup final preview, I want to say soccer.com. Thank you uh, for for sponsoring this segment if you want to rep your team for mls cup go over to soccer.com's gold club loyalty program you get a five dollar membership and that will give someone up to 10 percent off every order for life so go make that happen and a shout out to soccer.com go get your gear on soccer.com for this especially if you support lafc or the philadelphia union so let's get into their games heath you were at the LAFC Austin FC game at the Bank mm-hmm. of California that was a 3-0 win for LAFC. There was a shout for some penalty for Austin FC. I understand why they would be upset about that, but on the balance LAFC deserved to win the game. I thought the tactics from Steve Cherundolo and his squad were were perfect. They had basically their wingers running from outside in behind the center backs that were getting sucked in and it worked every single time. Like when is Austin going to ever adjust. I can't all be on the coach who's can only do so much from the sideline, how the players didn't recognize that. And it just happened over and over and over again. Austin did make some adjustments at halftime, of course, but, but at that point the game was over and, and it was clear there was only one team in charge. What did it look like being there? Even though you probably had to pay attention to your daughters at the same time.
1: No, I just gave them popcorn and Skittles and like that (laughs) held them (laughs) up until the, until the crash started to happen. And then I had to give them year uh, yeah, for sure. I think the game the game was at noon, so just so you guys know, I was giving him skittles for breakfast, basically. Uh, when I gave it to them. <laughs> but uh, I think outside of the first, like Austin looked really good for the first sort of five to ten minutes, and then yeah. same with the start of the second half, they looked like they found a little bit of rhythm, they pinned uh, LAFC back a little bit, and kind of forced LAFC, and then LAFC just sort of figured it out in both halves. So I agree that the, the the penalty shot would have gone to two one, and you know, then you speculate on momentum shifts and all those things, but. By and large, I think that was a game that was that was um, very much um, deserved to be won by by LFC. But they have a, they have a number of different threats. And uh, speaking of like injuries and stuff, when Kellen Acosta went down at one point, I was just like, oh no! Like every time I'm seeing an American player go down, I'm just like wor- thinking the worst. But turns out it was nothing. But um, that game itself was just a really good game. LAFC just sort of yeah, they're just a really good team, and they can beat you. Adding Denis Blanga, I think, is a, a complete game changer for them because now they have. Um, just somebody that can run at you and beat you one-on-one on the other side. He was He's a little a bit, I think, I think he was a little too selfish at times yesterday, but in, ends mm-hmm. up um, should have had, should have had a goal at the end. That was obviously not should have had. It was called back um, because of offside, but, but um, just a completely different dynamic within this team. And now they've got, you know, uh, Mahalo Poku off the bench that gives them that same sort of Denis Buanga, willing to stretch teams, run at teams off of the bench. And so, there's just so many ways that they can beat you. Kilini starting in this game when I didn't expect him to coming shocked? out at halftime. I, think,
2: I, think I was shocked. I was, I, was
1: shocked. I was shocked that he started. But if you watched him match up, like he went through a challenge at one point, and this is oh yeah, that midfield, that one was right, like, right at midfield. I thought
2: red card maybe because of, uh, he got the, the ball force. first,
1: though. Yeah, yeah he got no, the but ball at,
2: first. I was like, oh.
1: But when I see that challenge, and I see the way that he matched up, he won all of his aerial duels. He was so. I just watched him because I was actually behind him most of that first half where you could see his nudges and bumps that got him into positions that where he could win the ball, where he didn't have to out physicality somebody. But that challenge at the half line to me was like, that was the indicator of his quality because I think most players would have been late to that challenge. And either you're talking about a yellow card or red card or a potential breakaway, somebody with pace. And he went through that. That was basically like, I'm going to break this person in half or I'm going to break myself (laughs) in half. And, and he ends up getting the ball and it's an unbelievable challenge. But that to me was like, the sign that this team has the quality to win this game. And I know it's a small thing and it's stupid to, to talk about, but when you watch somebody like that, who's a leader make a play that that was that big uh, in that moment, it just showed again, the buy-in from a player like him that he has in that moment. And yeah, they deserve to win it. So I'll, I'll get off my pedestal now, but I'm excited about uh, MLS cup final against Philadelphia union.
2: Yeah. winning? I've got LAFC winning. I know, but I know you had it in your bracket, but in this game, you think they, they still at home, it's close. Blowout. PK. Oh, it's, it's
1: close. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna be close, close for sure. Um, and finals always generally suck. I'm just gonna put that out there um, because teams play a little bit more more reserved. But L- I mean, I think. I think. Julie union before they yeah, went maybe up maybe i don't want to go to the durability. game anymore he thanks for yeah, yeah. Like feeling <laughs> my
2: spirit yeah yeah
1: give me if, if, guys if the game's,
2: no, game's going to suck yeah the game's, go ahead, the game's going to suck so, it, so if you have
1: tickets and you want to give them to me i'll take them instead <laughs> you know you know man i was all excited in. to come no. and now like he's like the game's like, going like, to suck cuz finals like, suck. they, they <laughs> just generally aren't that you know like no you're going to bring the energy jimmy i will say that when i look at the two games Philly Union's vulnerabilities that they 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 were a little bit exposed at times, like they showed some weaknesses, and in a way that I think LAFC really didn't. LAFC run the risk of set pieces against, um, like any team does, but outside of that, they're they're they were pretty complete. Really but I think Philadelphia so. Union yeah. showed some ine- ineffectiveness at times that that I think could be could be capitalized on. Again, it's it's a one off game, and it's a final, so you Andre play it differently, Blake, but though. yeah. Andre Blake yeah, for true. sure. Goalkeeper man. can always Blake. make a
0: difference. I, I'll say this very quickly about LAFC. When I look at their lineup, and because they be- are becoming a lot more dangerous on both sides, not just a Carlos Vela show. You got Buanga. You got uh, Arango up top, who's you know, obviously scored the first one on set pieces. Good to see them scoring set pieces again. And then they're just the the midfield. Ilya Sanchez, excellent player. Uh, Kellen Acasa. Obviously, hitting some good set pieces in, and, and uh, we'll give you every, all the work that you need there. Cifuentes so does a really good job of joining the attack late, and then you have a nice, solid, steady back four, whether Chiellini's in there or not. And Crepo is making the saves that he should make. They're just really, really balanced, and I think that they probably, obviously playing at home too, have a slight edge in the final. Now let's switch over then to to Philly versus NYCFC because it was a, a basically a flip the script from the year before where Philly scored first in this game of the conference final, and then NYCFC scored a couple goals late to book their ticket to MLS Cup. Now, this time around, Maxi Morales, cute as a butt, Maxi Morales scored a very good goal to go up 1-0 and they couldn't hold on to the lead and then the oh. freight train known as Philly Union Collapsed. turned it on to another level that I was like, if they can if they can what, 3 goals in 11 minutes. And if Philly can can I know they can't keep that up over 90, but if they can bottle that up and and bring that type of energy for a good portion of their game against LAFC, I give them a good chance in the final. Philly, uh, what are I you agree. saying, Charlie, about this game?
2: I say Hear ye hear ye. <laughs> what you, uh, what no. character is? That?
1: What is this character? Cheese <laughs> Louise, Charlie. How many how many parties do you have to go to tonight? Yeah, you okay. know.
2: Okay. <laughs> last hear night hear last hear night. Hear last night I have haunted, a, beard. a haunted yeah, uh, haunted walk through my town. And in the town I live in, you know, 1635 was founded. So they, they were going through all the, yeah, it's haunted the revolutionary it yeah, guys yeah, I and haunted, haunted yeah. and <laughs> yeah, had the hear ye hear ye uh, ghost. Yeah. But um yeah. no, I think the union Mikhail Ua just wasn't that good on the ball last night. And Carranza, Julian Carranza stepped up. I mean, talk about a signing that has changed the the game for the for the union, playing with two strikers. Corey Burke comes in and the ball's bouncing off his shin, off his feet, and he, he knows how to how to make an entrance and he's an impact because he's just so tough to handle. But when I look at this union team, they they're great in transition. But when you can control the tempo, and I think what LAFC did against Austin was Let's dictate the tempo. We're going to con- take control of this game. That's how you beat the Union. And at home, I feel LAFC are going to have the, p- the possession, which Philadelphia Union are fine with. They try and just expose you when they can, and they are aggressive in their their press. But once you beat that press, LAFC controls the game, slows down the tempo, and that neutralizes the Union quite a bit. So I think from that standpoint, LAFC are, are, are well-suited to win this game at home.
0: Well, what's interesting is – Philadelphia Union had 34% possession in a home game. At home, you know, to book their ticket to MLS Mm -hmm. Cup, they're very comfortable with not having the ball, and then obviously they can be devastating on the counter. In and when you bring a Corey Burke off of the bench and when you're tired a little bit, I could see how that could be impactful. I just wonder if Jim Curtin, the manager of Philly, might utilize him sooner if the game's a little bit more, let's say, in the balance per se, because he brought him in
1: when they were still trying to go on and, and win the game, but but. Go Once ahead. they got one though, Jimmy, like you could feel that confidence the they have that's baby. making yeah, them yeah. score crazy amounts of goals this year where they score one and then like all of a sudden everybody becomes automatic from anywhere. And it's pretty crazy. Yes. Like if they get one, LAFC are not beating uh but, but
2: think of think of that poor substitution from New York City FC last night, the timing of that on the set yeah. piece. Yeah, and then boom, goal, and then it was done. So I think the coaching is is one area of of what kind of brought nycfc down this year is is the the lack of ideas at times or poor timing with with substitutions or um not putting players in the right position to succeed i think towards the end of the year he started to to implement the guys in the right spaces santi rodriguez is a phenomenal player and then you look at gabby Pereira, how they were able to work well together but last night gabby Pereira had an off night and he he just once they got that goal you can't make the substitution on a set piece.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, Boom. you know what I'm saying? Know, and then it ch- changes it's the game. Far out. It's changes over, the game. dude. Changes the game. Anyway, that segment was brought to you by soccer.com. So make sure you rep your team and go to soccer.com right now. And uh, why don't you join the gold club? Get some loyalty there. It's a $5 membership and it'll give someone up to 10% off for life. Every order. That is pretty ridiculous. Soccer.com. So make that happen top
2: Ooh. top place to go well, bro. let's
0: go soccer.com has everything that you need and then some but make sure you want to rep your favorite mls team especially the ones in the mls cup final lafc versus the philadelphia union that's kicking off this saturday we'll obviously preview it a little bit more as it gets closer in one of our podcasts on friday all right boys final thoughts as we tie up this show to start the week on halloween heath i'll come to you first final thoughts what do you got for us
1: I was just thinking about this. Uh, what if the U.S. did what Romania did and everybody bleached their hair the same color before this World Cup?
2: Uh, I, I would because be through hyped. The, through the idea I, of costumes, like they just made this like
1: crazy hyped. statement. Everybody went with pink hair or blonde hair or whatever. Like somebody, like, imagine just like the, like, I feel like that was like, Think about it through the lens now. What about you like the R nine Ronaldo, Ronaldo
0: haircut, like the R nine Ronaldo? <laughs> I little. do,
1: I do, uh,
2: <laughs> I do. They couldn't pull I, that I off.
0: They
1: couldn't pull that.
2: You off. know, you know, Walker is not cutting that the, the, <laughs> the locks true. off. Okay, but blonde, give it to me all. Well, we don't, like we blonde. don't, bleach blonde. Eunice Musa, bleach blonde, oh I don't have any.
1: We don't have any it's right swag. now. Looking at this team, we don't have any bald players. Is that, means, Is that a first? Is that a first? Which means you could do we, the hair. We could do we the young hair. As there, hell, you know, <laughs> we like we young as hell. You couldn't do uh, Michael Bradley at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like you had, like so, you wouldn't. So have you're been saying able that? To, hey, but Blake, like, Blake, Greg Berhalter, Berhalter Foster's got a, in this. a
2: great point in the YouTube comments. He said, "Then we look stupid if we lose. If we got blown out and everybody's blonde hair. Oh, <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> I'll tell you, you that right now. And you shave it the next. Hey, for the next mm-hmm. game, you shave no, it yeah, no one cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I look sick when I go golfing, <laughs> but I lose every time I go golfing, you know, oh, yeah, but people are only going to remember like, that it's one different. guy, you, you know, look I don't know. Good you play good. It's part of well, it. You got to win the that's world right. cup. Romania didn't.
2: Oh, you got to get out of the group with blonde hair though. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Yeah, yeah man, that's for that's sure.
0: True. That's, that's true. a good that's final true. thought.
2: How about you, Charlie? Final thoughts? Yeah, that was a hell of a final thought halloween that's
1: it. That's your, that's your charlie man charlie actually is i think fully invested in this character because there was a long silence after he made that that statement right now that i'm just like i think dude. he's catching up with his thoughts
2: you know what i'm saying it's, i'm just hyped that we're all going to be in la together bro yeah wow. i'm hyped uh, as well
0: ow, that's gonna be next ways, level that's dude. we might have to do we might have to do an emergency live podcast from mls yeah. cup that would, be, that would be next level just throwing that out there for producer alex and producer des to think about. All right, my final thought. I want to give a shout-out to Sophia Smith. She won MVP for the NWSL and then followed that up with a woman of the match performance in the final as the Portland Thorns beat Kansas City Current 2-0. She scored the match winner. What a season that she's had for both club and country, and I just want to give her a shout-out. Also, if you don't know about our sister podcast, Attacking Third here in the CBS Sports family, make sure you follow it, uh, Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman are absolutely killing it there. And they've had a tremendous season following all that. So I just want Jimmy, to give them a shout out. Shout out hey, to
2: yeah, let's go. Do your, give, do your give, cheer,
1: Jimmy. Come give, on. Give the people
2: what they want. Jack. Yeah, from yeah, your fingers. fingers. fingers let
1: fingers. fingers. No. Come what on, are you what about? Time.
2: Where's your, where's the, your mic? What? Defense. Defense. Defense.
1: <laughs> Defense. Defense. <laughs> Defense. Defense. <laughs>
0: Defense. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. In Soccer with Trust. We'll see you next time. (laughs) We
2: love you guys. Subscribe. Subscribe.